I feel worse than I did in the last episode, but I can do this now. You sound like one of those like sexy uh, radio show hosts that comes yeah. on at like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, or like um like the old Spice guy. Now, now look at your lady. Now back to me. Or like um, I feel like there should be like chocolate pouring in front of me right now, like like luscious milk, Ghirardelli chocolate, or something like that. I'm so turned on by that sound. Oh, you're not like uh, too muted or anything. Well, we'll see how this goes. I got to talk a lot, so <laughs> we'll see. I'm glad that you're doing a lot of the talking. Okay, mm. should we go ahead? Yeah, let's do it. It's your line. Okay, I know. I'm pulling up my script. Hold on. This is this is all new to me. All right, I'm ready. Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Jordan. I'm Nick. And I'm Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> that went over so much better uh, than I thought it would. <laughs> it's your turn. And this is the podcast where two nephews submerge you in spoilers as we explain, rate, slash, review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. Since this is a center for spoilers, this week we will be talking all about the movie The Lobster, so if you haven't seen that, tune out and tune back in once you have. If you're confused, it's okay. We are here to explain. This episode is actually a special collaboration episode where we are partnering with one of the absolute best podcasts out there to cover the movie The Lobster. Yes, and to mix things up a little bit, we are switching formats with them. So while Kimmy, Kayleen, and Courtney use the Take 3 format of discussion this week over on their podcast, We Explain Movies, I will be using theirs to explain The Lobster to my co-host, Nicholas. This is, should not be new to you. You guys all know We Explain Movies. You know how much we love them. And we've said this is coming several times, and it's finally here. So Yeah. We are really excited to finally be collabing with these incredible ladies. Yes, and I want to say I hope that we make you proud because this was difficult. Like, <laughs> kudos to you guys for doing this every week. They it, do it this was, all the time. I don't like. I just it was hard work. Just coming up with the stuff I'm supposed to come up with. I was like, yeah, oh, you didn't wow. have to do shit. Yeah, you I know. Have to do anything. I barely had to do anything. I just showed up. But uh, we'll see how this goes. Well, okay. So here's how it's going to go. Uh, we are going to start off by telling you what we watched this week, move into some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and then we are going to wrap up with our watch list and recommendations. Hey. Yeah, I'm excited. Hey. So what did you watch this week, Jordan? Oh my god, uh, like nothing. <laughs> I am so busy. I have two jobs, I have to travel quite a bit, and I have been sleeping as much as I can to try and get rid of whatever is going on inside of my face. I've been watching a lot of Shit's Creek. That's that's on my agenda right now. I'm trying to get through the season, like or through the show, I guess, because they just put the last one up. Um, oh, it's all on Netflix now? I believe so. I'm pretty positive. Oh, wow. Um, okay, cool. But a lot of my um, movie discussion stuff will be like at the end where I talk about like what I plan to watch. That's good. good so job. That, that's a that's a much bigger list. So we'll, yeah. I'll I'll discuss more later. Yeah, I've been pretty out of it too. I have some sort of nerve issue with my back, and it's going into my legs. So I've been taking uh, drugs and trying to sleep and and uh, get rid of this pain as well. Um, 
So I really haven't watched much either, but today I actually watched, in honor of our aunts, who I know um, at least a couple of them enjoy this movie, uh, The Last Jedi. And I know that there are people out there who don't love it, but it's it's my favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> this is the this is the second in the th- the the three most recent, right? Or the two yeah. Most recent? So it's okay. Episode Eight. Gotcha. Yeah, it's the most recent of the episodes, and uh, I haven't even really finished it yet. I'm not all the way done uh, with it, but I just love this movie. I will probably watch it to fall asleep tonight. Nice. It's really, uh, a it's the kind of movie where, like, because I'm not so hardcore attached to the original three that I think I'm able to appreciate a little bit better. Sure, I love luke and leia and han and everything but like i I didn't feel like this movie had to treat them a certain way yeah uh to to like cross off you know any sort of list i list of things that i had for this movie you know what i mean yeah so i i was just i took it as it is and uh i remember seeing it at a movie theater that served you food and the food was really good and it was just (laughs) like good time yeah good memories yeah, I also want to say because it's just in front of me right now because I was playing it while I was waiting for you to set up. Um, I've also been very occupied with uh, the new Luigi's Mansion movie, uh, so that's been taking up a lot of my time too. You can tell his his head is is uh, all there because it's a game, not a movie. What is that supposed? You to just mean? called it. You said the new Luigi's Mansion movie. Did I did I honestly say yeah. that just now? Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting night. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not hundred percent sure that this is gonna be like are you sure this is the this is the lobster with Colin Farrell in it, right? Yes. Okay. I'm positive. I, I, I might have to check uh, before <laughs> before we publish this. Just well kidding. let's I have let's, every bit of faith in you to do, you know, not as good as our aunts, but god, as good no. as you could possibly do. <laughs> honestly, like this has been Oh, it's fun, and I like would do this again in a heartbeat. But I don't. I honestly don't know how you girls do it. Um, you guys are so brilliant, and it just it stuns me how you do this every week. It's it's incredible. Uh, the questions that I came up with were a, a struggle because a lot of them I wanted to be like, "What's your favorite animal?" or like something really stupid. And the episodes that you guys, what is uh, your favorite animal? Um, I really like owls. You like owls, that's cool. Uh, or otters, really anything. I, I love all animals. That's a cop out answer, but it's true. But What's I will say, my favorite animal. Do you know it? Um, my immediate thought is maybe like a bat. Yeah. Oh, cool! I got that right. Yeah. Good job. Awesome. So my first question to you was, what is your favorite least Hollywood? movie about love so like what is your favorite love story that's told in an atypical way oh shit uh that is not the (laughs) this is starting out so well jesus christ (laughs) so i when i got the text message of you telling me what this question would be i thought the wording confused me a little bit and it's my fault certainly not yours uh, I thought it was like, what's your favorite Hollywood movie about love? And what is your least favorite Hollywood movie about love? <laughs> no. It just I should have known you wouldn't have asked uh, these yeah. questions. My freaking first thing I said in my notes is, I love this question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I made it up. I am so sorry. 
Okay, why don't you um, – or okay, so – do you want to answer the actual question you asked first? Sure. So I, um, and this is kind of a cop out. I'll say, I'll use this as an honorable mention because we just did this last week, but um, V for Vendetta. I think the relationship between Evie and V is so beautiful in its own way. Cause it's sort of like, they're both aware. I feel like there is a love connection there, but they're both sort of very much aware of their situations and they know that like it would never work out, but they're still like, they still get each other. They still, love each other i think and they're just at peace with everything that's happened and yeah. to me that is so beautiful and it's so like and that's what i mean by least hollywood movie like i don't want your typical generic love story yeah like your yeah. typical romantic movie i totally i totally get what you mean and i'm gonna answer this one on the fly i think this is this is probably it though and because it, it feels really realistic uh miss doubtfire so the movie that that movie is it's more of a love story about a, a man loving his children to the point yeah. where he would go to these crazy links. But what I yeah. think I love the most about that film is that it ends in such a way where it's not like him and Sally Field get back together and run off into the sunset. Yeah. They they find a way to make it work because they not only love their kids, they do love each other. They they care about each other. Yep. That's a really good answer. It took me Thanks. a long time to to figure out the answer to this to these questions but um and even the the answers that i have are still like still bad <laughs> well this one's bad because i think no one really knows about this movie this is like a kind of personal movie to me but if anyone's familiar with uh the movie away we go with john krasinski and maya rudolph that was the first movie we ever watched together i adore this movie it is about um john krasinski and maya rudolph are in love they're they're just kind of together and they understand that they're together and they have a child on the way and they're sort of like looking around their house and they're seeing that it's like completely run down and they have a portable heater and they're all snuggled up and they're like we need to move so the whole movie is about them kind of traveling and meeting new people and meeting a variety of people to kind of yeah. learn about like family dynamic and that kind of thing and in the end um they have this discussion about marriage and he's like just marry me at least and she's like never like i like never um and it's just a very atypical love story but it's still very cute and sweet yeah it's quirky um, and it's like yeah you and know, funny if, and if uh, marriage doesn't necessarily work for two individuals, then, you know, what matters is the love that they share. You know exactly. what I mean? Like it, yeah. it doesn't, yeah. again, have to end so cookie cuttery. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. It makes me crazy good cast like i remember oh my God, yes. every time you didn't necessarily tell me like i knew it was your favorite movie at the time i know that there have been movies that have kind of um outshined it since then but uh you didn't necessarily tell me like who all was in it and mm -hmm. so you know it just kept getting better and better and better and i was like allison, oh my god yeah allison janney's in it maggie don't tell them it. what why oh well i'm just saying that like for for those people to be excited about it as well and well i figure out. this might be a bigger pool like this way people will want to watch it more. oh yeah you're right you're right allison janney's in yeah. it point blank you need to watch it okay um, that's 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 a fantastic answer like thanks i'm i'm glad that you chose that one I, I want to tell, talk to you about my least favorite and favorite uh, love. love stories. Okay. If you can come up with uh, some uh, to talk about, you can. If, if not, it's okay. Okay. Um, I want to talk about my favorite first. 
Uh, I, I really did love this question. Jordan will tell you that I am not easily turned off by sappy, sentimental, romantic <laughs> movies. I, I try to watch this particular movie every New Year's. It has a stellar cast. It's emotional. It's funny. And it portrays so many different kinds of love. If this uh, is what I think it is, this is like the epitome of what I like didn't want you like this is this is a typical Hollywood movie love story. <laughs> if 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 you are gonna say what I, I know is what say. you're gonna say because you don't <laughs> like this movie, it's love actually. Yeah, that's the one. And it it's got the love of, of a child. There's friendship, love. There's parents, yeah. siblings, spouses. Like we need more movies like that, in my opinion. And I just think it's spectacular and cute and uplifting. And it's definitely the kind of movie that I like to watch around the holidays. And it's got a stellar cast. Like yeah, it does. It does. Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, Hugh Grant, Keira Knightley, Colin Firth, uh, Liam Neeson, Bill Nye, like Laura Linney, Chiwetel Ejiofor, yeah. Andrew Lincoln. What's the song Natalie that Bill Nye huh? sings? What's the song that Bill Nye sings? Um, uh, I feel it in my fingers. I feel, <laughs> feel it, it in my, in my toes. toes. <laughs> yeah, Christmas is all around us. I love that song. <laughs> all right, now what's your least favorite? <sighs> it's a terrible movie. I don't think you've ever seen it. It's called Love the Coopers, and it's like it tries to be everything that love actually is, and it's just not. Like it has all <laughs> the makings for this lovely holiday movie. It's got this incredible cast, Diane Keaton, John Goodman, Alan Arkin, Ed Helms, Marissa Tomei, Amanda Seyfried, Olivia Wilde. Damn. It is just so not funny and so boring. <laughs> it's dull, like the dullest movie about love that I have ever seen. And it's depressing. And I wanted to leave like two thirds of the way through it because I'm like, this is supposed to be like a, it's funny that I chose two Christmas movies, but yeah. it's supposed to be, uh, you know, a, a funny, you know, enjoyable, uplifting movie. And it was just, it just never got funny and I hate it and don't watch it. That's fair. The okay. only good part of the entire movie is the Olivia Wilde storyline. She meets this guy. Um, he's a guy from The Office. He like uh, Jake something. I don't know. But uh, he came he, – he's like in the last season of The Office. She meets this guy in an airport and uh, I think her parents are like hounding her about – you know, are you going to find a boyfriend or are you going to find – or whatever. So she tries to get this guy who she has this connection with to come back to her house and say like, oh, we're together. And that oh, was kind of funny. But um, everything else <laughs> sucked. I see. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go to the next question. <laughs> you could. Uh, my next question is what is your favorite movie where animals are integral to the plot? I got this one. I know this one. What is it? Yeah. You want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Sure, you go first. Okay. So, uh, in true Jordan fashion, I cheated, <laughs> and I have one. one. <laughs> what? You picked more than one. Yeah. So I I have one that looks animated and one that doesn't. Okay. Uh, the animated one is Finding Dory. Like I love Finding Aww. Nemo as well, but the emotion and anticipation I had for that second film still to this day I think clouds me from seeing any flaws in it. Mm -hmm. Um. It's, it's just perfect. I love it so much, and that's all I will say about that one. It's, it's just – it's like everything I wanted. And if it's not, maybe I'll look at it differently you know, someday, but not now. <laughs> My other one is John Favreau's Jungle Book. And oh, okay. I think it's just unbelievable just in the fact that it's all CGI except for Mowgli. Um, 
But not only that, it shapes the original story into something that I think works for a more modern audience and something that even plays for adults because I was an adult when I saw it. Uh, another stellar ensemble cast, Christopher Walken, Bill Murray, Idris Elba, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, oh, it's, it's funny. Um, huh? Christopher Walken is in my favorite too. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. cool. Good. Uh, it, it's just so much fun and it doesn't get nearly enough credit for being such a technological advancement. Like this movie, you know, as, as much as it looks like it takes place in the jungle was just shot on in a studio in Los Angeles. Like, mm-hmm. That's awesome. And John Favreau, who directed this movie, deserves a statue at Disney Studios because not only did he usher in the MCU with Iron Man and Iron Man 2, he also made this film, which is the best-reviewed Disney live-action film to date. It's got a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. I still haven't seen I haven't seen, honestly, either movie. I haven't seen the original or the remake. Uh, um, don't I, Like, the original is fine, but this movie, this, the newer one is is just remarkable it's so good i hear you talk about it a lot i do need to get to watching that i really love Um, it he also made the new lion king which is the highest grossing disney live action remake at 1.6 billion dollars damn and now he's ushering in disney plus the app uh with the mandalorian from the star wars universe yep so like i love this guy and plus he was on friends (laughs) he was on friends yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, so he gets bonus points (laughs) I'm sorry. That like really quickly turned into like, let's talk about John Favreau. But yeah, <laughs> what's your answer to animals integral integral? I spelled integral wrong in my notes, but to the plot. I, see, I barely call this cheating because they have honorable mentions all the time. And um, the I'll call this an honorable mention because the first one that came to my mind was uh, I Am Legend because I love his dog so much. And she is very much integral to that plot. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Um, and but I think the one that wins this, and you're gonna hate me for this maybe, but uh, Mouse Hunt. Oh my god! I see. I can. I heard the eye rolls in that. Yeah. Um. This is a classic for me. I'm sure it's not a classic for many other people, but uh, it is one of Nathan Lane's best performances <laughs> next to like the Birdcage. Really? No, probably not. <laughs> it just it, to me it is. Uh, but yes, Christopher Walken is in it. It's funny. It's f- lighthearted and um, very clever in some instances. Uh, and I just I will watch that movie anytime it is on. I love it so much. Well, I'm I'm glad you do. I do remember watching that movie. Uh, I don't remember too much about it, but I'm glad that you enjoy it. That's another one I can probably like quote from beginning to end. I I grew up with that movie. I absolutely love it. So. Already, okay. these were yeah. good questions. I'm impressed. Good Thanks. question asking, nice pleading. <laughs> this whole time, I feel like I'm just gonna compare myself to the girls, and I just feel like, like, please don't judge us. Like, we're doing the best that we can. Um, <laughs> you sound so pitiful. I do because I feel pitiful. Like, I, I have no idea how these girls do it so well every week, but I think this is gonna be a lot of fun. I had so much fun watching this movie and writing about this movie. So let's let's get started. Let's Are you get ready? To it. Alrighty. So I, there's a few things before we start that I want to like prep you for. Okay. First of all, I didn't let you watch the trailer because I felt like it gave away too much. So according to you, it, it, this is completely new to you. You have no idea what this movie's about whatsoever. I know that Colin Farrell is in it. That's it. Uh it's 
clearly probably got something to do with love, right? Okay. Because you brought it up in animals, which, like, uh, just knowing how <laughs> fucked up some of Yorgos Lanthimos' movies are, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He's the director. Uh, yeah. Just knowing how fucked up some of his movies are, I wonder, I don't know if it's got like a giant lobster in it that kills people. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, we'll see. But we will, um, I like, I'm supposed to like, uh, make a prediction, right? Or something. Well, yes. So I'm, I'm going to say this, uh, stop me at any time to make a prediction in lieu of you watching the trailer. I'm going to let you like stop me and make a prediction at any time. Okay. Um, do you have any further predictions at this moment? So I am, would imagine that like, because the killing of a sacred deer doesn't have deer in it, spoiler, um, <laughs> Or it, I don't think it does. I'm like now that I've tried to block some of that movie out of my head. Uh, okay, I'm guessing that it probably doesn't have any lobsters in it, and maybe it's some sort of metaphor about. Um, I have no idea. I just uh, saw you do claw hands. Yeah, yeah. So there's an episode on of Friends, which everything in my life goes right back to the show Friends, where they talk about how lobsters um, get in the tank and they mate for life. Which I don't even think is real. That might not. I don't know. I feel like somebody said that that wasn't factual. But everything that Phoebe Buffay says is factual, in my opinion. <laughs> and okay. uh, she talks about lobsters mating for life. So maybe that has something to do. I mean, probably not like a Friends reference in this movie. But I don't know if I. I gen, oh my god! I, I genuinely have no clue. Like, all right. Well, then stop me anytime. And. And we will discuss your predictions. Tell me like a midpoint though. No, I, I have a, um, I have a, a climax point, okay. I guess. Okay. Uh, cool. I don't know if it's the correct one, but I feel like it's the best one for you to make like an educated guess about where the movie's going. So, gotcha. um, uh, so yes, that's number one. Number two, I want you when I'm explaining this movie to imagine that everything in this movie is like completely deadpan and blank and emotionless. Like there is very, little emotion in any of these characters they're like that sounds about right yeah completely unsympathetic it's like vaguely sociopathic think like wes anderson meets killing of a sacred deer because it is kind of like lighthearted and funny but also very kind of disturbing but literally anything no matter how funny or disturbing is met with like zero reaction so okay Okay, like a dark comedy. And my dog's barking. My dog always barks no matter what show we're doing. Uh, yeah, that doesn't change. Yeah, it will not. Number three, this is where things got tricky. I don't know if this is the best movie for me to start doing this format, but uh, everything in this movie is sort of like a vague vignette. There are really no scenes that last for more than like three minutes before we jump to another scene. But I feel like everything in this movie has like some importance. There's just very little filler. So there's a lot of jumping, but it's sort of like all the pieces of a puzzle where you don't really see the big picture until you fit all the pieces. So if I feel like I'm jumping, just stay with me. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. That's all. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm totally locked in. And like, again, predictions, questions, it makes me believe not believe like i don't doubt that you're not listening but like it helps me it helps reassure me that i'm not just rambling and that you're actually listening so stop me anytime okay i'm sorry what i hate you <laughs> no, i'm quitting good, right now good luck i'm i'm excited for what you're about to do this is thank this you is cool me too we shall see all right so the movie opens up there's a woman driving her car she pulls over and she walks into this field and it, it has like a few donkeys or like mules and they're just kind of grazing and they're out in the rain 
and we see, we see that she has a shotgun in her hand. And she points the gun at one of the donkeys and puts three bullets in its head. And then the title card comes up, The Lobster. Ooh. Ooh, okay. yeah. Oh, another thing about this movie, probably like two of the nine characters that I'm going to discuss have actual names. So I'll either be referring to them by like what they do or their actor's name. Okay. So it's it does get a little bit confusing. But Colin Farrell from now on will just be named Colin. He's the main character of our story, okay? And his name is Colin in this movie? No, I don't know what his name is in this movie. Did they just I, not tell you? No, it's never said. Like, wow. there are very few names that are said in this movie. Okay. Um, so he is sitting on a couch in a living room, and there's a dog right next to him, and it looks like a – it's like a border collie. Um, and we later find out that the dog's name is Bob. That's like the, one of the only names that we get. So that dog is a border collie, and his name is Bob. Okay. Um, some female off screen is apologizing to Colin Farrell. We don't see this woman, but Colin Farrell's visibly upset. He's like close to tears. And he asks, does he wear glasses or contact lenses to which the female responds glasses? And that's important. And I'll tell you why later the doorbell rings and she says, you'd better get going. Okay. So there are some characters I need to introduce you to. There is a young butler. He looks like he's like a waiter or a server. There's old butler who's in like the same thing, but he's just an older man. There is a maid who is like the same kind of thing, but um, a female. Um, there is, okay. there's Colin, who's our main character. There is Rachel Weiss. You know Rachel Weiss. I do know Rachel Weiss. I didn't know she was in this movie. She's in this movie, but um, she's a voiceover. She's like the narrator. I okay. love Rachel Weiss. As do I. As oh, soon as I heard she's her. She's in the favorite. Oh, that's yes, so cool. And she he is. is in Killing of a Sacred Deer. Okay. Exactly. Yes, bitch. Yes. So whenever I say Rachel, it's like her voiceover. Cool. She's like narrating things. And then there's Bob the dog. So we have young butler, old butler, maid, Colin, Rachel, Bob. Okay. Um, are we supposed to have, have we seen the girl from the beginning that kills the dog, uh, the mule? No, the honestly, mule? she never comes back up again. Got it. Cool. So, um, so next, Colin is being escorted by young butler and old butler to a van, and he has Bob on a leash. Uh, the narrator overhead is sort of talking about his inner thoughts, how he's sort of been uncomfortable for a while, but he decided to wear his good shoes today, and he's worried that his wife doesn't love him anymore, etc. She's like kind of going through his inner monologue. Next, we see him sitting at a desk, and Bob is nearby, and he's doing some kind of like orientation thing with this woman who's behind the desk. And she's asking him questions like, have you ever been on your own before? And he says, no. And she says, how long was your last relationship? And she's like, and he, he responds, 12 years. She asks for his sexual preference, and he says, women. But he said he had like a homosexual experience in college. Haven't we all? <laughs> he has a I had several. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, she said, uh, he's asked if there's a bisexual option available. And the woman says, no, that option was removed last summer due to operational problems. And she says, I need to know if you want to be registered as heterosexual or homosexual. And it takes him a little bit. It takes him a few moments to think about it. But he ultimately says heterosexual. Fuck. Uh, her next question is, and the dog? And he immediately responds, my brother he was here a couple years ago, but he didn't make it. All right? Oh, shit. So he signed some paperwork, and the woman says that he cannot use the volleyball or tennis courts, 
as they are only for the couples. She says you'll be staying in the hotel for 45 days in a single room. And if everything goes well and you make it, you'll be moved to a double room. Okay? So he can't play volleyball. He can't play tennis because those are for couples. But he can play, like, golf because that's for, like, that's for singles. Okay? So he's next seen in a room that has, like, several people and they're sitting in chairs in their underwear. And he starts, like, undressing his clothes and stuff in front of young butler, old butler, and maid who are, like, collecting his belongings and they're explaining that he can't really have anything personal here and that all of his clothes and food will be provided for him while he's here. They explain that smoking is prohibited so that you can run longer in the hunt without getting tired and your breath won't smell when you kiss. So there's this hunt that they're talking about that you need energy for for some reason. So he's in this hotel room now. He's in his his like his little single suite. There's just one bed and the walls are kind of like decorated with some homey photos and the narrator draws attention to the tranquilizer gun that's hanging on his wall and 20 tranquilizer darts that are sitting on his desk. In his closet are four pairs of identical outfits and they're very like gray, light blue. They're very like plain clothes. And then it cuts to him looking out the window and on the ground outside, there's a line of people and they all have guns in their hands. And beside them, like on the ground, are maybe like 10 people. And they're all like lying on the ground unconscious. So Maid and Young Butler, or Old Butler, I don't remember, are down there. And you can hear them saying, as if like you're hearing it from the room inside, she says, she's listing room numbers, how many loners, and how many extra days. So she'll say something like, room 195, two loners, two extra days. Room 380, one loner, one extra day. Does that make sense? I mean, no, but I, like I but like, understand what you said. Yes. But like, so you have 45 days in this hotel yeah. and these people have somehow collected loners and the for every loner, you get an extra day in the hotel. And, and you collected loaners. Okay. Okay. You'll, I, I, yeah. You'll I don't understand it. the concept of it, but I understand like, I what you said. Yeah. 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 Um, and so they're sort of identified by their room number. I'm like worried that they're killing people. I don't know. I, I like I, I'm not really worried about it because I, I totally expect lots of people to die. But uh, <laughs> we will, we will, we will. It'll, okay. it'll all come clear. Uh, let's see. Colin is sitting on his bed, and in walks Olivia Coleman. Oh my god! Yes, with her partner, it's this older guy. And she explains that she is the hotel manager. These two run the hotel together. What's the hotel called? Uh, that's a great question. I'm not sure that if it has a name, it's not important, or I just missed it. I don't. I don't know what it's called. Okay. So here's the plot of of the movie. She sits down and she very bluntly says, "The fact that you will turn into an animal if you fail to fall in love with someone should not make you feel sad." It is merely a second chance to fall in love. Oh my God. She asks him what animal he's decided to become if he fails. Do you know what he says? Uh, gee, <laughs> I'm going to make, I'm going to make a prediction here. Stand back guys. Uh, a lobster. I am so impressed. Is that uh, right? That is correct. Oh, I he, thought you were setting me up. No, no, it's, it's a lobster. And he says they live for a hundred years they're blue-blooded like aristocrats, and they stay fertile all their lives. So you were correct when you said that they mate for life. Oh, good. So 
basically he has 45 days in this hotel to find a compatible partner. Otherwise, he will be turned into a lobster. So his brother was is a dog. Correct. Damn. Well, that was a dumb decision. Dogs don't live very long. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because she says- They're better than lobsters are. <laughs> She says, uh, I must congratulate you. Most people pick a dog, which is why the world is full of uh, full of dogs. And very few people choose like an unusual animal, which is why they're endangered. What animal would you be? Oh, man. Probably like a turtle because it yeah. like, lives super long. Yeah. I was thinking like a heffalump or something just because yeah. <laughs> like they, they – I don't know. They have good memories. I wouldn't be like spinning around like a – like, although, you know what? If I was a human and I got turned into something, make me a goldfish. Let me live like three days. I don't, I don't oh, know geez. that I could handle that. Three days of bliss. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's that is that really is, cool. What a cool concept. That I, is the concept. Yep. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Again, everything is spoken deadpan. She's like, you know, you're going to turn into an animal. Um, it shouldn't scare you. That just means you have a second shot at love. And he's like, I want to be a lobster. Let's, let's do this. So, so is was he crying uh, because his wife was cheating on him or something? We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. Because I, the way that they wrap this back around is very, very cool and very interesting. Cool. So she's like, good job. Great choice. Um, and then she says, this is something that will show you why two are much better than one. Your cuffs will be removed in the morning. Oh, he has handcuffs on. Well, the butler and the maid put his right arm behind his back and then they lock it to his belt so he can't use it. So he can only use one hand for the remainder of the day. Okay. And she's basically saying like, this is just to remind you why it's better to have two than to just, you know, be one. Oh, that's cool. So like cue a montage of him trying to do his nightly activities, like one handed, (laughs) like brushing his teeth and like getting his pants off. Um, so the next morning, a little alarm speaker wakes him up and he says, room 101, 44 days left, breakfast is served. So he gets dressed, his hand is still cuffed, and he enters this dining hall. And let me explain the setting of this dining hall. It is, it's, it kind of looks like a regular restaurant. There are tables with place settings and everything like that, but each table only seats one person and they're set up as if it's like, like think about a classroom where everyone is facing the same way. Yeah. So no one's like eating with anyone else. Everyone has their own table and they're all facing like one wall. Does that make sense? I mean, it doesn't make sense if this, if you're trying to get people to like meet and greet and fall in love with each other. But like for the sake of like, you are alone. This is you. You are alone. You don't get to eat with someone else unless you find a partner to eat with. Ah. And there's also, they show another section that has regular tables where couples are sitting, but it's like roped off. It's like a separate room. So they're very segregated in that regard. Gotcha. So this is where we meet some important characters. And the narrator comes on and kind of, as he's looking around the room, she's sort of explaining who's there. Um, There is a woman in front of him. She's like maybe, um, I'd say like early 20s. And she has her head, she has like a napkin on her her nose and her head is tilted back. Uh, And she, the narrator explains that she often gets nosebleeds. So her name is Nosebleed moving forward you're gonna call her nosebleeds is she played by not, anybody i would know she's not uh she was in i think she was in the netflix show end of the fucking world i think she plays the female lead in that don't quote me on that though i'm not sure i uh i do not know but you just kind of quoted yourself to all of our listeners so 
But yeah, well, <laughs> I could no, be wrong. I, I, I have not watched that show, but I know what you're, I know the show you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and she's, uh, she's brunette. Nosebleed. No, next to her is Nosebleed's best friend. And she is a blonde. She's very her? like, I, I didn't recognize her. No. Gotcha. Um, but so we have Nosebleed and Nosebleed's friend. And then there is a woman next to him who's like maybe, I'd say early 40s, who really likes Butter Biscuits. So her name is Butter Biscuit. That was my nickname in prison. I believe that. <laughs> um, and then there's a woman behind him and the narrator says he'll later find out that she was absolutely heartless. So her name is Heartless. Okay. So we have Nosebleed. <laughs> we have Nosebleed, Nosebleed's friend. Butter cookies and heartless. You said butter biscuits a second ago. Uh, butter cookies, butter biscuits, same thing. I don't know how often I change those in my notes, but <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so then we have two male characters. One, do you know who Ben Wishaw is? Ben Wishaw, yeah, yeah, yes, I do. He plays a, a man named John, and John has a limp. John has a limp. Okay. Okay. John introduces his best friend next to him, Robert who is played by John C. Riley. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's John and Robert. John has a limp. Robert has a lisp. Okay? Those gotcha. are important. Okay? So we have Nosebleed, Nosebleed's friend, Butter Cookies, Heartless, John, and Robert. John has a limp. Robert has a lisp. Can we call her Butter Biscuits? Because I, I like yes. that better. Butter Biscuits. I'll try my best. So cut to like a public panel setting there's like a line of maybe five or six people and they're sitting on a stage in front of like a big audience including colin so it's sort of like all of the new the new people in the hotel olivia coleman is on stage and she introduces john to the audience by his room number and how many days he has left which is like 43 or 44 or whatever john explains that at the age of 19 his father left his mother for someone with a better degree than his mother his mother went to the hotel, but didn't make it and got turned into a wolf. He would visit her at the zoo and feed her oh. and missed her so much that one day he broke into the enclosure and wanted to give her a hug. And the wolves attacked him, but they were able to save his leg, but he was left with a limp. And now his limp is his defining characteristic. Okay. okay. So his limp, like everyone knows John by his limp. Okay. Everyone knows Robert by his lisp. All right. Gotcha. He also mentions very emotionless and bluntly that his wife died six days ago. And he says, she was very beautiful. I loved her very much. She had a limp too. Aww. He hands the microphone back and the audience applauses and he sits down. The next woman to come up, she doesn't really. Um, you said applauses. What did I say? I mean, why, why is that wrong? It's applauds. Applaud. I am. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Um, it's the fever. <laughs> it's okay. I just tease. I think it's funny. I um, mess up speaking way more than you do. Don't worry. <laughs> so, um, the next woman to come up, we don't really see her for the rest of the movie, but I think it's sort of important. Um, she comes up and she says, it's only my second day here, but I already feel so welcome. And her defining characteristic is her very beautiful smile. Aww. And she does this smile to show everyone. And it's probably the first smile that we see in the whole movie. And it's not even a good smile. So it's like, it's like this woman's like, I have a good smile. And it's just, it's so deadpan and like people clap and you know. Oh, I love this already. <laughs> All right. So now we're at a formal party. Everyone's dancing. All of the women have the same dress on. Okay. What? 
it's the exact same dress. That it's is like this so funny. Like white and colorful floral dress. And all the men have the same suit on. It makes sense so, that they're all provided, you know, by the hotel. Yeah, That's cool. the same. Um, Olivia Coleman, she's standing with her partner on the stage and they're singing a very boring, uninteresting song. <laughs> Butter Biscuits asks Heartless if she can sit next to her. And Heartless just stares at her. So she proceeds to walk down um, the like aisle of tables and she finds Nosebleed and Nosebleed's friend who tell her Heartless, who is so rude to her, is the best hunter in the hotel. She's the women's record holder with 192 captives. Oh so that's God. a lot of days added on to her stay. Okay. So she has – so the, the idea is that you more people you, you capture – I don't know how that particular thing works. But uh-huh. uh, you want more days because that gives you more time to fall in love. Correct. Gotcha. So you want to catch more loners because that means more days that you're you, that you can stay. You nailed it. Oh, okay. So, okay. I think I understand now. I think I understand the process of like the loners and stuff. We'll see. Well, tell me your prediction. What's it makes sense though if if this is not just something that like certain people have happened to them. If 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 lots of people have to go to this hotel, then. Maybe the point is to go out there looking for people who are not with someone, finding a loner and bringing them back. They have to participate in the program. I'm I don't know. Maybe okay. I mean, we'll we'll keep we'll keep going. Okay. So Colin stands up and he asks one of these three ladies to dance, and then we're seen with him dancing with nosebleed, and she immediately apologizes for getting blood on his shirt because he has blood on his shirt, and then proceeds to tell him all the ways that you can get it out of clothing. As if she's like memorized a manual. She's like, I'm sorry I got uh, blood on your shirt. You can use this and this to get it out, but don't ever use this to get it out. And it's like very like straightforward like she's said this a million times. Yeah, clearly she's gotten blood on a lot of people. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because she has nosebleeds all the time. Yeah. Uh, camera cuts to her name is Nosebleed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's her, that's her defining characteristic is that she gets nosebleeds a lot. And John has a limp and Robert has a lisp. Correct. Yeah. So the camera – Cuts to Robert, who is dancing with Heartless, but there's like a big space between them. They're like not touching. Okay. And John is seen dancing with Butter Biscuits. Gotcha. Suddenly an alarm sounds in the room, and no one's really panicked or anything. <gasps> oh, the hiccups. That's great. That's going to help I'm you. So I'm so sorry. sorry. No, I'm sorry. Like, that's like the worst possible thing that could happen right now. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> um, so this alarm sounds in the room. No one's really panicked or anything. No one's really moving. It's like people kind of expect this. And Olivia Coleman says, please leave in an orderly fashion and good luck with the hunt. Oh, the hunt has begun. Hunger the hunt game, has begun. Bitch. So like remember when we talked about the gun on the wall and the tranquilizer darts? Yeah, go get it. This is where they come into play. So we're going to cut to a bus full of people. Each one has their own gun. And following this busload of people is a montage of people like – clumsily navigating the woods in like slow motion and, and they're like, all are they all still in their dresses and nice shirts and stuff yes but they all have jackets over them oh, okay so it's like it's like everything's the same except they get a jacket and a gun and like God. maybe a hat i don't know but um I like love yeah this so much <laughs> oh my god i'm so pumped so robert is like stumbling over twigs and like uh, but he stops to help Butter Biscuits as she's like tripping in the mud and Colin shoots, but he misses a loner who's like out there and it like hits a tree. And then like John slips on his leg and like, uh, but heartless though, she's like right on point. She's knocking someone down with like the butt of her gun and she's like punching her in the face. 
and like heartless knows how to knows how to catch a loner. Are these people around all around like the same age or is I would say from like early 20s to like is late. heartless younger or heartless yeah heartless I would say is maybe like late 30s or mid 30s I would okay. say Colin Farrell is probably like I would say late 30s as well. Um I don't know. I don't know how old Colin Farrell is. In this at least he he certainly looks younger. Um Oh okay. So Colin is seen like attempting to shoot several loners, but he doesn't get any and he slumps to the ground. He's defeated. And they're lined up like before where they're sort of reading out how many loners each person caught and how many days they each get. And Heartless got four today. And so her total is now up to 158. Oh my gosh, she's got lots of time. Yep. But she's Heartless. So like who's going to want to be with her? It's going to take her that long. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. So uh, we're cutting to another morning, and uh, Colin's alarm says 32 days left. Now. 32, damn. Yep, so some time has passed. Okay. Now there is a montage. There's like three kind of, there are three stories here that are kind of being edited together in snippets. Okay. So I'm going to do each one separately so you don't get confused, okay? Got you. So we're looking at the same stage that we've been seeing and olivia coleman announces man eats alone old butler's on the stage and he sits at a table for two and he very poorly mimes like eating and choking and then like slumping in his chair and then she says man eats with woman and the same thing happens but maid is on the other side and maid gets up and like heimlich's him back okay oh wow cool they both look to the audience they smile everyone applauds Beautiful. Olivia Coleman. Yeah, Olivia Coleman says, Woman walks alone. And Maid walks across the stage, and young Butler follows her, pulls down his pants to his underwear, and pretends to hump her, while she very plainly is like, Help, help, and like flails her arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I cannot wait to see this movie. Oh yeah. my God. I love this. It's it's very funny. Um, like rape is not funny. Oh my God. But like you you know what I mean. Like um, the fact that they're so deadpanly. Like yes, yeah, that yeah, adds so uh, yeah, much. Yeah, we want to clarify it. that we're not laughing at the rape. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. But then, like Olivia says, woman walks with man, and she is holding hands with um old Butler and young butler's just standing there and nothing happens and then there's more applause so She's like protected right so their right. their values are like two is better than one exactly driving home that idea that is a very heavily that's a very heavy theme here okay so that's the first story second story maid comes into colin's room and replaces his darts she's like how many darts did you use today he said whatever six so she puts six back um so he always has 20 uh then she asks him to pull down his pants and lie down and he's like, can we please not do this today? It's awful. And she responds, telling him that he doesn't know how much it's going to help him in his search to find a partner. So he does what he's told. He takes his pants down. He lies on his back on the bed. She kind of like pulls up her dress and grinds her butt on his crotch. Oh my okay. God. This is really very like handmaid's taily. A little bit, yeah. So after a few minutes, she stops. Pull, like puts her dress back down and says you got an erection quicker than yesterday that's good and as she's about to leave colin is like begging her he's like no no please just a little bit more just a little bit more so like it's it's kind of like a it's a strange scenario 
he like she wound him up and then she's yeah. gonna leave got it and he's like no please no okay third scene all right olivia and the three servers old butler young butler and maid yeah approach robert while he's eating breakfast i guess so they're at his table and she places a toaster on his table and she says are you aware that masturbation anywhere in the hotel is strictly prohibited and he says yes, but he admits to doing it to a picture of a woman on a horse. And Olivia says his focus should be on the horse because that horse is probably a man who failed just like you might if you keep this up. Oh, shit. Olivia. I fucking love Olivia Coleman. That is just she uh, says, so amazing. She says, please put your hand in the toaster. <sighs> He's reluctant. He's like, no, please, I won't do it again. But the four of them kind of force it. And they put his hand in the toaster and turn it on. Cue a few moments of him like screaming in agony while smoke is rising from the toaster. It's a very disturbing scene. But that's your punishment for masturbating. All right? Yeah. Now, we see Colin chatting with Robert and John. And John is explaining how he suspects the process happens because he heard it from a friend of a friend. Um, He's saying things like... um, they first put you under and they remove all of your organs. And then depending on what animal you want to turn into, they'll take you to like different sections of like this hospital or place wherever they do the transformation. Oh, so it's not magic. It's like science. No, it's surgical. Yeah. Oh my God. And Colin, very deadpan, is like, yeah, that makes sense. Cause I mean, you wouldn't put like the mammals in with like, you know, the amphibians. It's just like it's just like it's nothing. He's like, yeah, that makes total sense. He mentions how he saw there were a few new arrivals yesterday, and one had a limp. He's like, hey, John, one has a limp, and John replies, it's just a sprained ankle. It'll be fixed in a week. <laughs> so it's like, like thanks, but this isn't going to work out. So it's sort of gotcha. like, yeah. And then the alarm rings again. So it's time to hunt again. So in the van, this time Colin is sitting with butter biscuits, and he doesn't want to talk to her, but she keeps like insisting on a conversation and she talks about how much she wants to hang out with him she's like you can tell she's kind of desperate for like someone to talk to right now and she also offers him some biscuits she's like here have um have some biscuits or at least take these for bob and um they're like please hang out with me uh and he colin says that he can't because he has to take care of bob and bob can't leave the room and the narrator mentions she makes this little blurb about how um he he's so proud of this excuse he's like oh that was such a good excuse um, like he oh, can't leave okay. because Bob's in the room. Okay. So she says she's up for anything sexual, even anal. And she always even swallows anal. even anal. And she always swallows after fellatio. And she says, I hope I can catch some loners tonight. And I hope you catch some too. If I don't find a suitable partner soon, I'm going to kill myself by jumping out of the window. 320 maybe or 480. That would be even better. So she's talking about like the floors. So she's like, yeah, I'll jump out of like 320. I know maybe like 480 because that's higher. That would be better. Gotcha. So the narrator mentions how he didn't really know what to say then, but returned to thinking about how good his excuse was. So he's like, I don't really care that this woman's going to kill herself. Like this thought of suicide just like does not even register to him at all. So John, Colin, and Robert, they're at this gun range and they're chatting about what animals they want to be. And Robert wants to be a parrot And Colin mentions he wants to be a lobster. And John calls them both idiots. He's saying that turning into one animal that can talk when you have a speech impediment is stupid. Yeah. And so is being a lobster because they'll just catch you and they'll boil you and they'll eat you. And he's confident in his abilities to find a partner. Like he's like, I got this. I'm not going to be 
Like, like, don't even bother asking me what animal I'm going to be because I'm going to find a partner. And this is John who has been washed off. Yes, who has a limp. Who has a limp, yes. Yes. Um, he needs to be a snake or something. <laughs> uh, so basically this, like, really, like, bad fight breaks out between them. They're, like, like weirdly pushing each other and Colin is trying to, like, break them up. But then John gets called to to shoot his target. He's um, he's like, hey, like, hey, you need to, you need to. It's your turn to shoot this target, and so that's kind of how the fight breaks. And the guy who's like in charge of the shooting range goes, "It's no coincidence that the targets are shaped like single people and not couples. So they're like silhouettes of people that they're oh shooting." Oh my god! So yes, uh, yeah. That's so, funny. Cut to the pool. John is following Nosebleed back and forth as she's doing laps. So this is John and Nosebleed now. He finally gets in and he says, I like your swimsuit. And before she can even respond, like mid-response, he does a flip underwater and then proceeds to talk to her about how much he loves the breaststroke. He says his friends tease him and they say things like, quit doing the breaststroke all the time. (laughs) And she like swims away. She's like, okay, like weirdo. He is is smooth. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Right. That game. So the camera pans out and she's kind of doing her laps and we see him at the edge of the pool and he bangs his head up against the side of the pool. As Nosebleed is swimming back, they talk some more about swimming and she's like, oh my God, I think your nose is bleeding. And he goes, he goes, oh man, this happens to me all the time. It's so annoying. (laughs) Like it's so obvious. He's like, oh, oops, (laughs) not again. (laughs) So now we cut to Robert and Colin in Colin's room. And Colin says, like, I saw what you did. That must have hurt. And John immediately slams his head into, like, the nightstand next to him, like, twice. And his nose starts to bleed. And he says, answer honestly, what's worse? To die cold and hungry in the woods, to be turned into an animal and get eaten by a bigger animal, or to have a nosebleed from time to time. And Colin responds, to be eaten by a bigger animal. So he's like, I, like, I will do anything that I can to not turn into an animal. Cut to John and Nosebleed on stage, and Olivia Coleman is announcing them as a new couple, and they both have a thing with their noses. They bleed quite suddenly, is what she says. So, like, they're a bona fide couple now. Oh, so and, John and Nosebleed, and nosebleed. are together now. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So she says that they'll be relocated to a couple's room with double the space for two weeks, and then they both get to go on a yacht for another two weeks. And they're going to be monitored by Olivia, and if they get into any arguments or disagreements... They will be given a child. She says, this usually helps a lot. <laughs> oh my God. This, so, this movie, I like, you know what I'm thinking right now? What? How much I am looking forward to, we explain movies doing our, like I, dissecting this and like I what know. all this means. Like I, I know this, that is so cool. Yep. Uh, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Talk about like the ultimate comment on like a typical marriage. I think it was just, it was brilliant. Like my mouth was, my jaw was on the floor when that happened. I was like, (laughs) oh my God, I can't believe this. Okay. Seven days left. Colin has seven days left. Oh shit. All right. Colin meets with Nosebleed's friend. They're out like suntanning or something. Okay. This isn't Nosebleed. This is Nosebleed's friend. This is the one with the blonde hair. Okay. And they have this long discussion about hair. She's like, "Um, oh, I just love hair. I'm so proud of mine. I think it's beautiful. And she like leans down. She's like, look at it. Look, like here's my hair. And he's like, yeah, it is beautiful. Like you do. You know, yeah. Like look at my hair. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
And he's like, oh, you know, like I've, my dad's not bald and like, I think I have really good hair. And she's like, yeah, but like you could lose it. And he's like, well, I could get implants. And she goes, yeah, but you can always kind of tell like who has implants. So it's this very awkward conversation. Um, he has no game. Like Colin, you're no. going to be a lobster. This isn't going to work <laughs> out for you, bro. So we see Nosebleed's best friend. Uh, she's brought in front of Olivia and it is her last day. Oh no. She's, she's advised to do something that she wouldn't be able to do as an animal. Olivia's like, don't go take a walk today because as an animal, you can take a walk. Uh, maybe like go watch a movie or something. I don't remember what she says. But first, Nosebleed has something to say to her. Nosebleed like wrote a very loving letter to her to wish her farewell. Nosebleed begins by saying how amazing their friendship is, how close they were in school, and how jealous she was of her hair. And no matter how many girlfriends she'll find moving into the city next week with her partner that none would measure up to her. But before she can finish that sentence, Nosebleed's friend slaps her in the face and she turns to Olivia Coleman and says, on my last day, I'd like to watch Stand By Me alone. <gasps> oh, I love Stand By Me. Have I seen that one? That's the one where um, it's the body. It's Stephen King's The Body. Oh, right. I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. with the four boys and then go find the body. Yep, she's like, I want to watch Stand By Me alone. Cut to Nosebleed and John standing outside with this, like, pony, this, like, small little pony with a very familiar blonde mane. Ooh, and that's cute, wave. though, that she wanted to keep her hair. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, it's sad that she got turned into an animal. I think you're supposed to feel sad. Like, this girl... I didn't like her anyway. She was very lonely. If something happens to Butter Biscuits, I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> just, um, just, just stop now if anything happens to her. All right. Well, uh, this has been a fun episode. <laughs> um, but essentially, John and Nosebleed wave goodbye to this pony as a maid like carries this pony off with uh, on a leash. Okay. Okay. So. Now we're doing like a shot of like the landscape of the hotel and we can hear Butterbiscuit. Um, she's left a voicemail on Colin's hotel room phone. Colin is walking back from golf and the narrator is saying how he's going to ask her out finally. He's like, she's not perfect, but she'll do. Like, I like her short hair, I guess. Um, the next shot, we see um, a body on the ground with uh, blood around the head and like a kind of awkward body. And like screaming, and we realize that this is Butter Biscuit. Uh, she has jumped, and she is not dead yet. She's like still screaming on the ground. Oh my god! Right, she's Do screaming. You see it? Is it like no? Like it just summer where you see it. No, it just okay. cuts to the scene. I think, but it is very disturbing because like you hear screaming, but you don't register that it's her right away. But then it clicks that it's still her. Like she, she's still alive. Butter Biscuit. Right. So people rush to her, but they don't really do anything. They're just kind of like, oh, no, look at this person on the ground. Like, no one's like, call an ambulance or anything. They're just like, oh. Yeah. yeah. So um, Heartless is nearby. She's sipping tea, and she tells Colin that she jumped from room 180, and there are blood. there's blood and biscuits everywhere. She's oh like, my God. she jumped, and there's blood and biscuits everywhere. He puts his hands in his pockets, and he says, I hope she dies quick. Actually, no, I wish she would suffer, but I just hope I can't hear her screaming in my room. I just got done golfing, and I need some quiet. Oh, my God. So that's what he says to her. And Heartless says, I can't hear you over the screaming. We'll talk later. Goodbye. 
So that ends that conversation. He's trying to be heartless. You're catching up. You're catching up. All right. So later they're in a hot tub. Heartless has a martini next to her and Colin asks to join her and gets, and gets in with her. And she takes an olive from a martini glass and then she proceeds to like eat it and then starts choking on it. And Colin just looks at her and she's like really visibly choking. And then she just passes out and Colin's just like enjoying the day around him. After a few moments, she sits back up. She takes the olive out of her mouth and she says, I think we're going to be a good match. Cut to Colin and Heartless on the stage. So they're like a bona fide couple now, okay? Jesus. So they're on a walk, okay? They're They're on a walk on the grounds and they run into Nosebleed and John. And John introduces his daughter to Colin. Oh, they fought on the the yacht. They needed a daughter for some reason. And and John goes, Go give that man a kiss. He was a good friend of mine. Like this is this is Colin. I don't remember what he says, but like here, like go go see this man. Introduce yourself. And she's kind of like giving him like an awkward hug and she's trying to like reach up to give him a kiss or something. And Colin responds by kicking the girl in the shin. And he says, you should thank me. Now you have a limp like your father. Huh? So like clearly That's he's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, no, he is. A, he is trying to be as as mean as possible. Just exactly. To stay in line. Right. With heartless. But like they cut to a sex scene and it's like very awkward. Like they, you can tell they're just not a good fit at all. But the next morning she wakes him up and she tells him that she's killed his brother. <gasps> the dog. Yeah, she said that she kicked him for ages. She said that he whimpered and he whined and Colin just goes, it doesn't matter. And he goes to the bathroom to like brush his teeth and start his morning. And he sees Bob. He sees Bob on the ground and he's like super bloody and very dead. And he tries to remain calm, but he like really can't help but like show some emotion. And Heartless storms into the room and she slaps him in the face and she says, I knew you were faking. A relationship cannot be built on a lie. I'm telling the hotel manager and you'll be punished. And she says the punishment is being turned into the animal that no one wants to be. And this wasn't revisited later, but like, I'm curious to know what that meant. But she's holding him by the collar of his shirt. And she's like, they're storming through the hallways. And like, like he's a child in kindergarten or go, in kindergarten going to like the principal's office or something like that's what it looks like. He's just this like pitiful man being carried around by this really angry woman. But suddenly he elbows her and runs away and he hides in one of the rooms. And as she's chasing him, looking in all the rooms, she sees Maid. She sees Maid a few doors down at one of the rooms and she looks like she's about to knock on the door to deliver like a drink on a tray that she has in her hand. And then she's like, I think your partner went running down that way. So Heartless runs down the hallway and um, then Colin emerges from the same door that she was about to enter and shoots her with a tranquilizer. Oh, wow. So they both carry her to a door that's labeled the transformation room. And the maid says, Wait, you have the to. The maid and Colin both carry Heartless. Right, Got correct. Um, to the transformation room. And the maid says, you have to shoot me too so they don't suspect that I helped you. And he does before dragging Heartless into the room. Now, this is where the narrator comes on and she says, I asked him many times what animal he turned Heartless into, and he always answered, that's none of your concern. She says that night he left the hotel once and for all. He didn't know where he was headed, but he was headed towards us. So now we know that Rachel Weiss knows. She's going to be in the movie. Correct. Is she right? coming in? She's going to come in. She's going to come in, all right? Yes. So he's running for his life in the woods, and he finds a loner colony. 
he meets this woman named Leader Loner. And she says that he is welcome here. His stay is unlimited, but there is a zero flirting or sexual relationship rule. Like you cannot flirt with anyone. You are a loner. You will forever be a loner. And that includes on dance nights. And we only dance with ourselves to electronic music. And there are actually some scenes that's really funny where people just have headphones on and they're just kind of dancing by themselves, like to that's silence. Funny. Yeah. Have you ever seen one of those? This is like like silent discos. Topic. Yeah, where yeah. everybody has headphones on. I never been to one, but I know people who have. It's, it just it's, seems like the most awkward thing. I I know, and that's it. It looks very awkward. Oh my god! No, we've both been to one. We went to one together for Halloween. Yeah, for like three year. seconds yeah, until we realized that no one else was coming, and then we left. Yeah, <laughs> so, it was awkward though. Okay, um, I I forgot about that. You're right because it was so short. Right. Um, so another loner is helping him with his clothes and he sees that there's like a bloody bandage around this specific loner's mouth. And then when he asked what happened, another loner said that he got the red kiss where they take razor blades and they slice you up your lips and the lips of another loner. And then they force them to kiss as punishment for flirting. So that's the punishment. If you flirt now we hear the narrator say, I was not afraid of the red kiss punishment. I'm afraid of another punishment called the red intercourse. You can imagine what that means. Oh my God. Right. Like in seven. Yeah. Or I'm probably not that, that gross, but you know what I'm talking about in seven. Yeah. The I think I do. The lust. Lady yes. Dies. Yeah, yes. Yes. That's yes. Fucked up. So next we see the woods. The leader loner is like announcing move and hide. And we see people like either running around or hiding behind trees. Like when she says hide, everyone like hides behind a tree and disappears. So they're like training for the hunt. Okay. And this is where we're introduced to the loner played by Rachel Weiss. Yes. As the narrator, she says, that was the first time I saw him. He looked handsome. The next day in the city, he found out I was short-sighted too. Now, I need to mention here that Colin Farrell wears glasses. Okay. That is his, like, defining quality. All I right? was going to ask you what that was, but I figured you'd yes. tell me. Okay, so so he wears glasses. Correct. I am remembering that he asked uh, his wife or girlfriend or some whoever this woman is, mm-hmm. you know, if they wore glasses. I still don't know what the hell that means. But okay, continue. <laughs> it, maybe it'll become clear. Okay. Um. So the, yeah, as the narrator, she's like, next day in the city, he found out I was short-sighted too. So I guess I can kind of reveal what happens here. Essentially, you're in this hotel. If you make it, you get to move out with your partner into the city. And the city is where normal people go. You're yeah. kind of like released. But if you don't find a partner within the 45 days, you get turned into an animal. And if you're a loner, you're just out in the woods homeless. So like... So loners are people who have defected from the program or from the hotel? Or just people who do not have a partner. They are sort of oh. ostracized from the city, for the way I understand it. But I mean, if if the what I said earlier about the people going and hunting the loners and shooting yes. them with tranquilizer darts, they're not trying to kill them. They're trying to bring them into the program. I don't think they're trying to bring them into the program. I think it's more just maybe they are. I don't it's not really clear. I assumed that if you so this is kind of unclear actually. I wasn't sure if like if you don't make it out or if you don't find a partner within 45 days, they let you out of the hotel and therefore you are like to be hunted. And when you're hunted, 
you get brought in and turn into your animal. That's the way that I assumed it happened. But then I'm thinking back to um, Nosebleed's friend, and that happened kind of immediately. Quickly, yeah. So I'm not I'm not so sure how this works. Um, hopefully, okay. yeah. I, it's not clear, but it's it's almost it's almost not really important. Like we'll we'll explain more later. So you should definitely go and uh, listen to another podcast about this yes. very same movie. I for, they I for, probably know exactly what's going on. Yes, I forgot to mention this. Um, after you listen to this one, immediately go listen to their podcast because they will. They did say that uh, you should listen to us first. Which, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, for whatever reason, I'm not 100 percent sure why, but if they think so, yes, watch it in what they their order. I mean, it makes sense that like you you watch the movie first and then you listen to the episode. But um, anyway, anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So during this training exercise where they're sort of training people to hide and run, uh, a man gets caught in a bear trap and leader loner says that they have to keep moving. He'll have to get it himself. Like he'll have to get it out himself. We can't help you. Um, If you make it out, catch up with us. That's fine. If you can't and you think you'll die of blood loss, you need to send yourself to the grave. And she asks if he's dug his own grave yet. And he says, yes. Okay. Oh my God. So suddenly it's time for a new hunt. The van is parked outside the woods. There's maid, young butler, and old butler. And they're waiting outside the van. And maid says, I'm going to go hunt for truffles. And she enters the woods. And as Colin is running, who's to find him? But can you guess? Uh, Rachel Weiss. No. No, Rachel's on his team. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so I, okay, this is a, a bad person. It's a bad person. Well, okay. guess who finds him? Rob? Yeah, Robert. Okay. So Robert finds him, and in a very nonchalant and deadpan way, Colin says, Oh, hey, Robert, you're my one and only true good friend. Oh. And Robert goes, What about John? And he's like, Who's John? And he's like, You know, John, the one with the limp. He's like, Oh, yeah, I am. I forgot his name and his face. Um, I kind of like it out here. I'm not going back. I can masturbate whenever I want, and it's nice not being tied down. But you know what I miss? I miss being your very best good friend. Are you going to shoot me? <laughs> and Robert's like, I'm sorry, I have to. I only have two days left. And so Colin's getting frustrated, and he's like, do you really think that one day is going to make a difference? Look at how ugly you are. And then in comes Rachel. She stabs Robert in the leg. Robert falls over. Colin takes the gun and shoots him in the leg. So Robert's got a limp and a lisp now. Now, yeah, Rachel says, you can't tell anyone I helped you, but you can repay me. If you find a rabbit, bring it to me to eat. Oh, they eat rabbits. Climax. Okay, so I think, I I mean, I have, this can't end well <laughs> just because of the situation we're in. And also, this is a, a Yorgos Lanthimos movie, and they none, <laughs> I, none of the ones I've seen have ended well. Um I mean, they've defected from the, the the hotel. So if they go back to the hotel, if for any reason we go back to the hotel, <clears throat> he's just going to get turned into an animal. So if that happens, that's going to happen at like the very end. Um, I mean, I guess my only thought is that maybe they continue to try to live in the woods and more people go after them because they're seeing that, you know, people are going missing. Like, like I guess, if, well, no, I mean, Robert is probably not going to die. He's going to go back and say that he got stabbed and I don't know, maybe they'll go after them. I'm so confused. I mean, like not, <laughs> not because you're not doing a good job explaining it, but like what the fuck could happen? I was kind of, I was kind of the same way, but we are introduced to some more settings and uh, 
situations and things will become more clear. So, so what are your thoughts so far? Like, if you could just like give it, like, are you enjoying it or do you think it's weird or stupid? Yeah, I mean, it's weird and I love it. It's, it's easy to, to picture. Like, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what it visually is looking like. It's not something where I'm thinking, oh, I've really got to see this movie to get the whole picture. At least for me, I can pretty much picture exactly what's going on. I'm excited to actually watch the movie, but I think you're yeah. doing a great job of describing it. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that means I'm doing a good job. All right, so yeah, we can continue if you'd like. Uh, nah, let's let's stop it here. All right, have fun, guys. Good night. So the next shot we see, Maid is meeting with Loner Leader. Oh, really? Yes. She hands Loner Leader an envelope with a gun and the keys and numbers to the double rooms. But she says, "This is my last mission." She can't stand living in that hotel. And when she does this last mission, whatever this last mission is, she's out. And Loner Leader says, after the big night that we have planned, you can stay with us and I'll find another insider. Hey, I just want to make a guess. Or like not, okay. not of what happened or not of what's happening, but like are Maid and Butler are together. Are they a couple? May, you mean Maid and Loner Leader? No. So there's young Butler and old Butler. I think Maid and old Butler are married and young Butler is their child that they get young. No. No? It's not really clear that – well, okay, so let me explain this. My next line was you can tell they both kind of have timid feelings for each other. So it's sort of like you can tell that um, Maid, young Butler, and old Butler are sort of like loners, but they've been offered – like they they work for the hotel. Oh, so they're not in a – they're not in a relationship. Right, but you can tell that like loner leader and maid sort of maybe had a past together. Or and loner maybe... leader is a male. No, loner leader is female. Okay, I thought so. Okay, well, yeah. good, good for representation. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you can tell that they both sort of have like feelings for each other. Yeah. So next we see Colin trapping a rabbit. Oh, because he and said he's... he was going to bring her a rabbit. Right. Uh. So he's walking with this bloody bag as Rachel narrates that she is making like a stuffed rabbit and peppers recipe with said rabbit cut to loner leader she has like a henchman loner colin and rachel and they're in business suits they're like clean shaven they are showered they are like ready to go and they are in complete like business attire and they're they're walking through city streets like they walk through like malls and stores and like and like city streets Okay, so they're in the city. We see a security guard. So we're in a mall now, and we see a security guard apprehending a woman who's on her knees. We don't know this woman. We don't know the security guard. It's just kind of what's happening. Gotcha. The guard is asking where her husband is, and she says, away on holiday. The guard checks her shoes and hands and says, she's good, no dirt on her shoes or fingernails. So do you get what like they're checking for? They're checking for... Um, her being a loner. Right. So they're making sure that like everything checks out. Like she's not a loner. She doesn't have dirt anywhere. She did. It, it checks out. Good. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, then we see a, another security guard is approaching Colin and asks him where his partner is. And for his certificate, he says his partner has it because he's always losing it. In comes Rachel says, here's your pain ointment, darling. 
And then he's like, oh, cool. Can I have my certificate? And she's like, sure. Would you like to see mine too, officer? And the officer's like, nope, you're good. Have a good day. And he kind of like lets them go. That was ballsy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Next we see the four at Loner Leader's parents' house. And they're sort of just like talking. um, And we're meant to believe that Colin and Rachel are a couple and Loner Leader and this like henchman loner are also a couple. And they're meeting with Loner Leader's parents who are a couple, obviously. And they're asking everyone questions like, oh, you know, how long have you known each other? That kind of thing. And Colin is like, um, oh, I just love my wife so much. I just, you know, we dream about vacations in Greece. And um, he's just going on about this like fake relationship with Rachel. And he like kisses her. He goes in to to kiss her and make out with her. Um, And later, the loner leader, as they're walking like away from the city, she's like, hey, good job on your first day in the city. That part about your wife was like a really good touch. So like good acting there right yeah and how did we rachel weiss feel like how did she react to the kiss was she in I for mean, it she was yeah she was along for the ride i guess like she didn't oppose it or anything she was she seemed okay with it so next we see a very brief scene of rachel and colin discussing their short-sightedness and astigmatism so they're kind of getting a little close and yeah. um they both oh, i mean this- I, I didn't make that prediction but i think they are going to wind up together Okay. It just because they're the two most famous people in the movie. <laughs> they're both next yeah. to Olivia Coleman, I think. But uh, but yes, I think um, I think uh, Olivia Coleman just got famous like true, recently yeah. with the Oscar and everything like that. But true, she was a working true. actor for a while, but not as not as famous as Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz. Yeah. Um. So it's like nighttime, and Loner Leader is reading assignments. She's like room. Whatever is the general manager and her partner. We're talking about Olivia Coleman. Yeah. And they both have good voices. Like that was their, like they were seen earlier singing that really boring song. And so like they're paired together because they both have really good voices. Like that's their identifier. Okay. And then she's like, you two go to room, whatever. Both are interested in science room, whatever are on this yacht. Both have frequent nosebleeds. Okay. Okay. So Colin requests to go on the yacht. He's like, uh, I'll take that one. Like, let me go on that one. And so everyone kind of disperses to their room assignments to go do their deed or whatever they're supposed to do, okay? On the yacht, John is having dinner with his wife and his daughter, and there's blood on his shirt. This is the daughter, same daughter that Colin kicked. Yes, yes. So they're on the yacht, they're having dinner, and um, he's they're having this really boring conversation about, like, weights of like sports balls he's like a basketball weighs between 400 and 600 grams would you like to know how much a volleyball weighs yes and his daughter's like no but i'd like to find out like it's it's so it's such a deadpan uninteresting boring conversation but it's like everyone is so clearly interested that's awesome um in comes colin and he tells his wife everything he tells nosebleed everything he's like he doesn't really bleed you're not suitable that stain is probably ketchup or beet juice on his shirt and he gets slapped in the middle of his rant by nosebleed but that doesn't stop him for like a single moment. He's still going on. Um, and the daughter hands nosebleed a knife and says, here, mom, kill him. <laughs> like, oh here, take God. the knife, kill him. Uh, like very bluntly. Yeah. And Colin's like, uh, this isn't going to work, but uh, I'll leave. <laughs> so he leaves. So meanwhile, wait, 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 wait. The daughter handed the knife to nosebleed, nosebleed. saying kill like, Colin or kill John? Kill Colin. Go Colin, got it. She's like, he's interrupting this dinner. Like, here's a knife, mom, just go, just kill him. Murder him. Yeah. 
So he leaves. Um, meanwhile, loner leader is in Olivia's room and she's tied Olivia up and is interrogating her partner on the bed. So Olivia's like in a chair in the room, her partner's in the bed. Oh, wow. Okay. They ask him, can you live alone? And he pleads, yes, he can, but she can't. He's like, yes, I can, but she can't. I like, he's like, I like living alone. It calms me down. So loner leader, loner leader hands him a gun and says, shoot her. Oh no. He's very reluctant, but he holds up the gun. She's like screaming and protesting in her chair and he pulls the trigger. This is a fucked up movie. Like, you it know, is. I think the whole time I'm I'm looking this through the lens of, oh, this isn't that like I don't know. It it doesn't it's not as dark, but I think we've gotten to the point where it's it's like killing of a sacred deer dark. Like it's well yeah. Once I can't wait to discuss like the ending of this movie t- with you because uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. But hang on. He pulls the trigger. But it's a blank. Oh. Nothing happens. Okay? Okay. So cut to some seriously funky dancing in the woods at nighttime. Like everyone's doing their like alone electric dancing. Um, Colin arrives and Loner Leader asks him where he's been. And he said, oh, I was masturbating behind that tree. Um, And she's like, I don't want to ruin the mood, but you should really start thinking about digging your grave. So apparently it's like a thing with the loners that – you need to dig your grave. You need to have that prepared for whenever that happens. So like dig your so grave. So you don't have to like – it doesn't have to – the burden doesn't have to fall on any of these other people. I guess. Because you're like I'm, all alone essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So the next morning, there's Maid and Colin and they're conversing. And Maid is talking about how much like – I guess she was paired or partnered with like a dentist guy and she hated him. She she He was like – uh, she, he always made me brush my teeth even after just like the smallest snacks. It was awful. So I took one of the drills and I shoved it into his chest. So she's going on this rant. They're likely her friends. And she's talking about how she murdered this dentist guy, but Colin isn't listening. He's distracted by Rachel and this other loner man that she seems to be like flirting with. Okay. Oh, that's not allowed, Rachel. Well, it's, well, she's maybe not flirting, but she's laughing a lot with him. And Colin is feeling some kind of way about this, okay? Gotcha. And this loner man, Colin notices, has brought her a rabbit. Okay? <sighs> so he goes over to Rachel and he's like, you don't need to be taking rabbits from other people. You don't need to be like indebted to other people. Like I'll try harder. I'll try – like I'll make better traps. Like the guy that handed you those rabbits, is he short-sighted? And she goes, I don't know. So like that's one of his burning questions is is he short sighted because like this whole identifying characteristic is very important. So he's worried gotcha. that if that guy's short sighted too that like they're gonna they're gonna end up. up together. Right. Got it. Got so it. Colin goes to that man. He's a little ways away and he points up and says, "Is that a sparrow up in that tree?" And the guy goes, "I, I don't know." And he goes like. And they're like they're a couple feet away and he like pulls out his jacket and he's like, "What what does this tag on my jacket say?" And the guy's like, I'm not short-sighted. And he goes, you are, you're a liar, you're wearing contact lenses. And he proceeds to like hold the man down and like like open his eyes and look to see if he has contact lenses. And Colin's like, I'm sorry, I thought you were trying to fool me. So like Colin's going a little bit crazy. So next we see Colin and Rachel doing a synchronized exercise where they both, they both press play uh, at the same time on their headsets. That way they can dance together. In each other's arms. So it just it. it just cuts from like him being crazy and like confronting her about this to him yes. uh, going after this dude in the woods and trying to pull his eyeball out and then Honestly, they're just yes. chilling at the silent disco. 
Honestly, yes. I love so this movie so much. This movie so they're is doing crazy. This, yeah, yeah. So they're doing this thing where they have to press play at the same time. That way they're listening to the same song at the same time. And they can kind of like secretly dance with each other. Gotcha. Um, and in the background, oh, I forgot to mention, every t- like in the woods this whole time, there are like random animals walking in the background. And when I say random, I mean random. Like there's a peacock, there's a camel, there's like a hog at one point. And at this point, we see a pony with a very beautiful blonde mane. Oh, it's yes. so sweet's friend. Yeah. And then we see Colin and Rachel kiss. Oh, no. So Rachel, as the narrator, uh, explains how they made a code with each other so that they can communicate without the others knowing. And so, like, it's, it's like this. So head turned to the left means I love you more than anything in the world. If you turn your head to the right, it means watch out, we're in danger. If you raise your left arm, it means I want to dance. If you put your fist behind the back, that means let's fuck. Okay? So doing these like weird like dance moves and stuff that, that means is beautiful. something only to them. Correct. So we're back at Loner Leader's parents' house. Okay? Okay. Um, I think they do these like these trips into the city to get like supplies or something um, or to keep up appearances maybe. And they're getting very frisky on the couch, Rachel and Colin. They're like, they're really going hard into each other, like really making out all the while. That's the only place that they can do it and people aren't going to flip their shit. Yes. But Loner Leader is like the leader of this colony and she makes the rules. And she is seeing that like, oh, things are getting a little too close between these two people. Right. So, um, all the while, her parents, like, she's at Loner Leader's, they're all at Loner Leader's parents' house. And her parents are, like, playing the guitar and singing. So as they're, like, making out on the couch, Loner Leader gets up and, like, slaps them both and is like, have some respect for my parents. Like, they're performing for you and you can just, and you're just sitting there, like, making out. Yeah. So they're, like, this is the first time that Loner Leader's sort of exposed to to their thing, okay? So in the woods, back in the woods, and they decide that they're going to run away to the city during the next hunt. And the narrator says, we are perfect for each other. We suit each other. And I think the first thing I'm going to buy in the city is a bathrobe. And then we're going to go diving. And then the dialogue is continued. This is a really cool shot. So like, it's the narrator that's saying all these things. She's like, we're perfect for each other. I love them so much. We're going to go diving. Yeah. And then the dialogue is continued by the maid reading from a journal to loner leader. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the narrator is like reading from a diary, but this diary has been caught by the maid and is now brought to Loner Leader. That's bad. Okay. Uh, Loner Leader says, uh, where'd you find it? And the maid says, by the river, someone must have put it there. So they're not really sure like who it is, but you can assume that Loner Leader knows who Rachel is flirting with. So Loner Leader is seen with Colin and she's like, can you imagine why I brought you to such a quiet place in the woods? It is a perfect place to dig your grave. And she forces him to get into this grave that he's dug and cover himself in dirt. And she says, yeah, she's like, cover yourself just to make sure like you're deep enough, I guess. And she goes, don't forget, put some on your face. You don't want the dogs to eat your face, do you? So he puts some dirt like on his face. And then it cuts. Loner leader is seen with Maid and Rachel in a waiting room. Okay. It's the three of them. Okay. They're in this like waiting room in the doctor's office. Rachel says she thinks it's very dangerous to be in a group of three and not a group of two or four. And Loner Leader says, don't worry, 
I bet you weren't expecting this surprise. And Rachel says, no, but I think I'd like to go home and think about it a little before this happens. And Wait, I don't understand. Should yeah, I? Hold on. Okay. Uh, just hold on. So, so they've planned this surprise. They brought her into this waiting room. And Rachel's like, I kind of want to go home and think about this first. Lorna Leader says, don't be silly. Isn't it better to see clearly than to be short-sighted? This doctor oh, is the best there is. Shit. So she's she goes get in. LASIK. <laughs> she's going to get LASIK and she's like curing her short-sightedness. All right, that is so fucked up. And LASIK Loner, is terrifying. Yeah, well, Lona Leader is like, this doctor's the best. Don't worry about it. And the next thing we see is Rachel in a chair. She's in a medical room and a doctor starts to like go in and work on her. Okay. Okay. We see her next with some bandages over her eyes and um, Maid is helping her put on her coat because she has like bandages on her eyes. Got it. Off screen, we hear the doctor say, she's blind. And, <gasps> Ella, and Loner Leader says, thank you. Okay. Oh, no. So they've blinded Rachel. Now, Rachel, we see Rachel next in the woods with a knife. She's clearly like, we don't know what she's fighting, but they're off screen. And she's like, why did you have to blind me? And Loder Leader's like, you're being stupid. Like, the drugs are messing with you. Give me the knife or I'm going to take it by force. And she refuses. So Loner Leader grabs Maid, pulls her towards Rachel, and, like, pushes her into Rachel. So Rachel, thinking it's Loner Leader, stabs Oh, my God. Maid falls. And as she does, Loner Leader, like, kind of mimics her to the ground. Is like, oh, oh, God. And, like, follows her to the ground. Okay. And she says, remember, when someone is blinded, their other senses are heightened. And then that's her, like, she faints. She's like, oh, she faints. Why she says that, I don't know. Next, we see Colin, and he is uh, meeting her by a tree in front of a lake, and she has her bandages off. And he says, enjoying the view? And she says, sure, you look nice. Did you get a haircut? He's like, no, but I brought you something. And he pulls out an object out of his bag. And she goes, oh my God, thank you. I'm starving. I'll eat it right away. And Colin goes, it's a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> and so finally she comes clean. She's like, okay, uh, I'm, I'm really sorry, but like I, they, they blinded me. I, I'm really sorry. And Colin's like, don't cry. It'll make your eyes hurt more. We will find a way. All right. Cut to a montage of him asking her blood type, after asking if she likes blueberries or blackberries, asking him if she wants to teach... Um, him, uh, him German or like and this is a fun game he's like he'll bring objects to her that she uses her hands to identify uh-huh. and he hands her a tennis ball and she feels it and she goes kiwi and Colin says right, right again 10 out of 10 good job Aww. and this is a game they call touch guess think win <laughs> that's awesome yes so it's been a few days of this there's like a big montage of this and you can tell that he's getting a little bored with things and he asks to kiss her. And she says, thank you for trying to entertain me, but you know we can't do that anymore. And she asks to play again, and he says, maybe another day. And he says goodbye, and he leaves. So you can tell, like, something's kind of off, okay? Wait, I, can I ask, Can I ask like, a status update on people? Do we know, like, the sure. fate of Maid? Uh, do we know where Lunar Leader is? Do we know where Olivia Coleman is? Um, Have we seen them? Honestly, I don't think we see any of those people again we still see loner leader you'll find out okay i don't think we see loner or um olivia coleman again Jeez. But, all right yeah so colin's been like a little distant he's like kind of 
weird about some things. The next time we see him, he's with her, and she says, you haven't brought me anything to feel. I'm hungry, and you haven't brought me a rabbit in days. And he says, I have good news. I have a great idea. And he starts listing body movements. He starts like doing body movements. So we don't know what he's saying, okay? And she says, are you sure you're ready to do that? And he says, yes, tomorrow. So we see Colin at night. He runs up behind a loner leader, and he hits her in the head. How can he do these body movements and she can't see? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Okay, so I wrote on my notes. I said he starts listing body movements. So he'll say like left arm up, uh, turn my head to the side, lay on the ground, stand up. Like he actually says them out loud. Gotcha. uh, Gotcha. Which is like really interesting. And then she's like, are you sure you want you? Are you sure you're ready to do that? And he says, yep, tomorrow. Okay. So Colin at night runs up behind Lona leader, hits her in the head. He ties her up. And the next time we see her, he's she's in a dirt hole. She wakes up to the sound of dogs circling her grave. Oh, my God. Right? So, Colin and Rachel are next seen. They're running away in very nice suits, and they're walking along, like, the same kind of roads, same kind of city roads. They enter the city, and they're in a restaurant. And he says, profile. She turns her head to one side, and then the other. He says, fingers. And she shows him her fingers. He says, elbows, and she shows him her elbows. She says, want to see my belly? And he says, no, I remember your belly quite fondly. A waiter walks by, and Colin asks for a fork and a knife. And he says, a steak knife, not a butter knife. And the waiter returns with both, and he walks away. Colin says, I'm going to do it in the bathroom. She says, would you like me to come with you? And he says, no, I'd rather you didn't. Oh, my God. She says, don't worry. He's going to blind himself. She says, don't worry. Your other senses will be heightened. Touch, taste, hearing. He says, thank you. I won't be long. And he leaves. We see him in the bathroom. He's holding a knife to his eye. He's hesitant. But then he puts the knife down and he puts some towels in his mouth and he puts the knife back up to his eye. And then the scene cuts to Rachel sitting alone on the booth. The waiter comes by to refill her water. A few moments go by. Cut to black. That was the lobster. Oh my god. Yeah. Yep. Are you ready to rate it? Holy shit. That's really powerful. It certainly didn't end the way I thought it. I figured they'd overthrow the hotel or you know what I mean? Like something. So calling back to the scene in the beginning. I didn't realize this until I watched it a second time, but that scene is actually very important because it's with his wife. And he says, did he wear glasses or contact lenses? And the wife says, glasses. So it's like, I think you can assume that the wife was cheating on him because yeah. both of their identifiers were that he was short-sighted. So he's like, oh, you must have met someone else that's short-sighted. Did he wear glasses or contact lenses? So yeah. I think that's why he goes to the hotel in the first place is because his wife cheated on him. So this is a society. This is like a whole society where these yeah. where these uh, factors, these like, what did you what did you call them? Like... Like identifiers. Identifiers, or, yeah. yeah. Uh, are really important. Right. Or like they're, they're a way to meet someone. And the way I see it, like there is a city where people are active and present and living a good life. And if something happens where your spouse divorces you or cheats on you or finds someone else or dies, um, you're a loner and you are therefore ostracized to yeah. the woods. And there is an option to go to this hotel to find someone. But I think the punishment for not finding someone, it's sort of like a gamble. It's like, yeah, you can you can try this. But if you fail, 
we're going to turn you into an animal. So can I so, say one thing before I give you my rating? Well, yeah. one, bravo. I think you did a really good job. Like, Thank you. I'm, I'm proud of you. I know that the amount of work that it took you to do this on your first time. Uh, bravo to also uh, our aunts. Like, oh, my God, you guys do this all the time. Like, that's really impressive. Yeah, for doing this every week. And here's the thing. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's this specific movie, but I feel like maybe I was too detailed, but I feel like there was like there was nothing that I could leave out. There was just so much to yeah. this movie that I had to I felt like I had to really mention. No, I'm glad. I feel like I have a pretty good, you know, idea of this entire movie. I am looking forward to actually seeing it just because I really loved the story. But okay, the the one thing I wanted to say about the story is that it completely subverted my expectations from the moment that you said that this is a movie about single people having to find relationships yeah. or they'll uh, turn into animals, that this movie was going to end in such a way that so blatantly cast dispersions on couples and monogamy and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I thought it was going to be a very pro single person movie in a sense. And I think that it explores both of those realms, like the, how intense their ideas are and how, uh, you know, this hotel is so stringent and so fucked up in their mentality that it, it does kind of comment on that, but also, I mean, it ends in a love story. It's the most – it's it's a fucked up way to end the movie, but it's it's like he, both of them kind of giving everything up to be together. And uh, I think it, it really surprised me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I th kind of think that that's where my mind went at first. I was like, oh, this is going to be a movie that's sort of like um, – not chastises, but uh, is a satire on this culture of the nuclear of family. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but there are very strict rules in both realms, in both the hotel and you know the loner colony. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious to know like what it all means, and I I can't wait to hear the girls' take on this. Yeah. And I am relieved that I don't have to do any more research because I can just <laughs> listen to them. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm excited that my research is going to be listening to their episode. I'm really yeah. excited to hear it. Same, same. Uh, so I would say for me, having having only heard this movie, I, I can't uh, – here's the thing. Are there any GoPro-like fisheye shots? <laughs> like in the favorite? Yeah. Uh, not that I can remember. Okay, because that is what took the favorite from like – a nine to a seven for me. I just hated that. Uh, that drove me absolutely crazy and it made no sense to me as to why. Yeah. Uh, if this movie has none of that, I would say like 8.5. I yeah. loved it. And, it, you know, I, I think I'm I'm trying to be as, uh, what is, I'm trying to be as uh, conservative with my, tens and nines now just to be a little bit more careful yes you know i can't give everything a 10 as much as i'd like to in the moment i'm always stacy who is our guest for lord of the rings always would would joke on me because like i would stand up and just be like that's the best movie ever made yeah. 10 out of 10 you know yeah yeah um she calls it the pacific rim <laughs> effect. Uh, effect yeah because yeah, it's yeah. uh that's what i did in pacific rim and then it's you know i still like pacific rim though <laughs> okay but 8.5, I think, is... That's uh, fair. Yeah, I think that's 
I'm really excited to hear what you think because throughout this entire process, as much as I've poked and prodded you to, to at least tell me if you even liked this movie or enjoyed it or or were you know, doing all this research for a movie that you absolutely hated, you wouldn't tell me shit. So I was no. like, oh, man. And I, I forbade you from uh, watching a trailer. I really wanted you to yeah. format your own opinion. Um, I will say that I enjoyed it. There were so many times when I was like, in disbelief that things were happening. My jaw was on the floor quite often. Yeah. Um, it was a very surprising movie. Um, I'm going to give it like a early seven, late six, maybe only because I think it kind of stalled a little bit when we got to the woods. I feel like things kind of got a little less interesting once, uh, once he escaped. And I think that's because I got kind of spoiled when we were going through like the rules and stuff of the hotel. I was like, Oh my God, it's like, it's kind of like I learned something new and interesting about the rules that happen yeah. in this hotel every like five minutes. And once I got to the woods, that kind of like stopped. Um, I do agree that the story uh, it seems very much like it's going to begin and end at this hotel. And then when it yeah. changes course, you kind of got to get your bearings again a little bit. Right. right. Uh, and, it, you know, I, like I, I do like where it ends up, but I'm also would be curious to know how that side of the story ended. Yeah, um, the hotel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it it ended where it ended, but uh, you know, I, a little bit more of that would have been would have been good. But I'm still, I'm just in awe. I I think uh, this this is actually going to tie into my um, recommendations. Do you want to? Can I go ahead and do that? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I just I feel like I've only seen two of his other movies, but uh, the Killing of a Sacred Deer and The Favorite are both masterfully done films and they're weird and like sometimes it's just like are you really are you doing that and like some <laughs> some of the things don't make sense i think favorite makes a little bit more sense it's a little bit more mainstream in my opinion than killing of a sacred deer and killing of a sacred deer kind of feels like this movie probably does to you where it's like why is everyone so calm and dead yeah yeah like killing yeah. of a sacred deer some terrible things happen and people are just like they don't care. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Like nobody, yep. nobody gets hysterical or anything. So yep. that is very much the attitude of this movie. It's kind of like, it reminded me of a Wes Anderson film where yeah. like, it's yeah. sort of this very silly, very to the point, like, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Let's go escape and do this. And yes, this is going to happen. And yes, this is how it is. And it's just very deadpan, very to the point. When I think of that, I think of uh, M. Night Shyamalan, when nobody's voice rises above this. And everybody's voice is just oh, like everyone's this. So everybody's so like <laughs> subdued. It seems like everybody's like just about to fall asleep, like yeah. in every movie. That's funny. This was so much fun. Oh my god, <laughs> this was a lot of fun. I want to do this again. What are your I recommendations? Want, um, okay, so this might be a cop out, also, but to prepare for this daunting task, I went and revisited a lot of. Um, the girls episodes just to see like how they did it, the specifics of explaining a movie. And they brought up a lot of movies that I have not seen that I want to. So I'm thinking I'm not doing this right. Hang on. Yeah, this is that's watch list. It's okay. You just, you just ran a marathon. You can, you can hobble a little bit. It's okay. Um, then in that case, I don't have any recommendations. I, <laughs> I am opting to pass. Okay. That's this. fine. That's fine. Well, <laughs> since I've already given mine, let's just go to watch list. Okay, so again, as I said, <laughs> listen to a lot of their stuff, and they brought up a lot of movies that uh, they explained briefly and had very interesting plots that I want to uh, look into myself. Um, those include The Lovely Bones, 
take shelter. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, I love yo. Like I okay, I want to watch both of those movies with you. Okay. Okay. I fucking those movies seem amazing. Okay. Yeah. I want to see Baby Driver. Never seen that either. Yeah, that's how I thought you did see that. I thought you saw that in theaters. No. Uh uh. With uh Ansel. Ansel Elgort, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Huh. Um, no, I still haven't gotten over... Uh, I haven't seen a single Ansel Elgort movie since, since the saddest movie in the entire world. Yes, yes. Uh, Ingrid Goes West. Uh, Okja, I want to finish because I feel like I started it and haven't finished it. We fell asleep. Um, right. Velvet Buzzsaw, Nocturnal Animals, um, and Chernobyl. And this week... The TV show Chernobyl? Yeah. They brought that yeah. up and said it was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and I also am dying to see Dr. Sleep, Joker, and Parasite. Those are the three movies that I'm making a priority, hopefully, this week. That's awesome. Yeah. That's How awesome. about you? Um, Lighthouse is – Oh, my God, yes. Definitely one that I really, really – I mean, I can't believe I uh, haven't found a way to see it yet, but I uh, really want to. Uh, Dr. Sleep – is another one, but it doesn't. I, I don't know when the lighthouse came out, but I knew Doctor Sleep doesn't come out till later this I week. I think it comes out today, doesn't it? Does Lighthouse come out today? No, I think Lighthouse came later, but it's only showing in like select theaters. So oh, and and, and we're in next week right now. So like Doctor Sleep is already out. Oh yeah, because yes, we yes. are. This is November eleventh when we're doing this. Okay, so we're fucking all. Hopefully, both <laughs> of these movies should be out by now. Yeah, uh, and I haven't seen either of them. I want to see both of them. Lighthouse is the Robert Eggers movie. It's the follow up to The Witch with. Uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, our new Batman. Watch this movie and tell me he can't act. Like I've only seen uh, trailers, but I've seen a lot of Robert Pattinson movies where he acts his ass off. And I honestly think in 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 Twilight, you know, these people are doing their best they fucking can. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, And Doctor Sleep obviously is the Shining sequel, right? Which I've uh, I'm I'm really really interested. I think we should take some time at some point to talk about that on this podcast because yeah, I do that. Um, that you know, our most contentious episode ever of our show has been <laughs> The Shining. Yeah, um, and I didn't know that you would bring up so many, but I, uh, so I only wrote those two. But I also really want to see Parasite. Parasite looks freaking amazing. It really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. We did it. Is that it? Is that all we all all that's left? Oh my god! I think that's how do y'all do this shit? This is yeah. Like I, I want to do this again, but my god, you girls are superheroes. I want to do this again, but I also want you to describe it again because I don't. I like. Oh no! I don't. I have no faith in my ability to do this well (laughs) as well as y'all do. See, I would do this again, but I also kind of want to know what it's like being on the other side. Yeah, that just means that we have to do this. Again, more than once. We're just gonna steal your format, girls. Like we're just gonna. <laughs> Yo, like I, I, I hope that they like our format. Like yeah. they've talked positively about it uh, in the past, like saying, "Oh, it's you know, it's cool to to have those conversations in that you know in that way." But I, at least I think I maybe I dreamt that. But um, this is clearly much harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to end this by saying that we started this podcast in order to have conversations about movies and share them because we were already having these conversations, just us, you know, I think that we've achieved that. And the next step seemed to be to actually engage with the people that were enjoying our episodes. And 
I never, ever, ever thought that we would find some <laughs> a group of girls so amazing. I know, that, I know. That actually like like and listen and engage with our episodes yes. so much, but also like we have fans, but like to have fans that also have a show that we are massive fans of, it's mm-hmm. so cool. Like there's there's really cool. giant, giant mutual respect here. I, I just I cannot tell y'all enough. If you do not uh, subscribe or listen to these ladies, the We Explain Movies podcast, something is wrong with you. Like it's so much fun. Yeah, you should be ashamed. It is fun. It is it is very different from uh, what we do format wise, but we you can tell we all, all the five of us really love movies and we love talking about movies. And um, I'm just I think this is this is one of like the best possible things that could have come out of the podcast is meeting these three ladies. They are fantastic. Kimmy, Kayleen and Courtney, thank you so much for collaborating with us. And uh, we hope that you've had as much fun doing our format as we did doing yours. I hope I did it justice. I hope I didn't like scare anyone away from going to listen to them. But uh, this was a lot of fun to do. <laughs> like this was like counterproductive, and they were like, "Oh, yeah. we hate this." No, yeah, it's like th- wow, it was so much fun. I <laughs> oh my god, I like understandably some people just aren't into podcasts in general. But like someone who, yeah. it, like our fans who are going to listen to us releasing this episode, like I, I, if you like our show, there is no reason why you wouldn't like theirs. Agreed. They are just as crazy and ridiculous and. Uh, obsessed with movies as we are and we are oh my god i'm just so happy to have gotten uh, a chance to do this yeah and also like funny and smart and brilliant and just the yes the banter between them is is amazing and beautiful i okay <laughs> this is probably like this is probably going to be the longest episode that we ever do because it's true it's true it's like three we never if we have i don't remember but uh it, the thing measures in bars and we're at like over three thousand bars now so yeah yeah it's a long one but they have giant episodes too they're like yeah i don't feel as bad yeah that yeah this one's long but it was fun and it was totally worth it yeah good luck editing <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I think I think this will be a fun edit. All right. Cool. Again, thank you everyone for listening and thank you. We explain movies. Uh, check them out on Twitter and Instagram. They are hosted by Podbean, which is where we're hosted by. Uh, if you go on there and you can find them, but you can uh, find them on the social medias and we will obviously link to them in this episode. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank Enjoy. you guys for listening. Oh, do you do you want to do all that that whole spiel that you normally do, or do you even care? No, I uh, no, I I can't like talk anymore. I will okay. say um, now go listen to their episode because it should be out. Yeah, um, absolutely. And um, yeah. we're and the lobsters on Netflix, so go watch it. Oh, really? Cool. Okay, good. And we're Take Three, uh, a movie podcast. Find us on Take Three AMP, like fucking everywhere. So yep. And all right, bye everybody. Wait, 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 wait. And that's the number three. Oh yeah. I need to go to bed. Yeah, you should. Good night, guys.